Hello again. So this is the third Sarah Sessions uh, episode, and today I am talking to Carl Notar Giovanni, which is uh, a yoga teacher, an acupuncturist, and a wellness professional in Montreal. He likes to promote connections between mind and body and mindfulness techniques, as well as physical practices such as Qigong yoga and breathwork to gain awareness and help in your healing journey. Today we talk about happiness, health, and healing. I hope you enjoy the episode and I will see you on the other side. Have a great morning, afternoon, and evening listening to this little session. Has come from, and therefore they think that this is the choice that I have to take because it's what I've been uh, designed or brought into belief that that's what I should do for happiness without ever reconsidering my happiness, mm-hmm. and therefore. Because this is what I think a happiness is, I want that for everyone without actually ever asking oneself, am I happy? Am I happy? Am I happy? And then imposing that onto others, being like, this is the recipe for happiness. You need to do this for your happiness. And then meanwhile, you're like someone who thinks about life and dynamics and friendships and, you know, adventure and what what this whole thing is. And so your questioning about happiness is different. Mm -hmm. Things that pique our curiosity and mm -hmm. inspire awe and create wonder in our mind and in our heart with the billions of stars above us Mm. that just come and just move us without, you know, like. And to remove yourself from an environment where that is imposed I feel like is the easiest way to then navigate back inwards. Mm-hmm. When I moved to Vancouver for five years, I just needed to like be away from everyone and not have, even though I was in the same country, it's far enough that I could have my own life and I could choose the time and space when I was with family and whatnot. And, you know, it's easy to live your life without, the constant reminders. Mm-hmm. And so it was where I did most of my work. I did so much, you know, healing and, and the choices that I did with like what courses I would take or what therapies I would do, or, you know, how much yoga I did and what I ate and how I was and how I got around. And like, all of that was all new. So it was very exciting. And then would you say that, you had already done part of that transition before moving to Vancouver? I think that, do you have any milk? I do not. No, okay. Uh, I think that, you know, I think everything is like in a constant spiraling motion. And so the fact that I was able to get myself to Vancouver was just a continuation of that spiral. Like, I don't think if I hadn't done any of the work that I would have even made that decision to move to Vancouver. I probably would have stayed stuck in Montreal, stuck, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I would have chosen a different path because of my mental process, because of 
you know, how I'm able to self-reflect and self-analyze. What? Oh, because when my boyfriend asked me, hey, do you want to move to Vancouver? I'd never been to Vancouver. I moved to Vancouver without even visiting Vancouver. Yes. I left off like all my jobs, all the stuff. I was well-established and I had all these reasonings for not leaving. And then it's only when I was able to catch myself re reasoning, reflecting, giving myself excuses of why I could not leave. Yes. As soon as I was able to catch that thought process, I stopped myself in my tracks and I'm like, fuck it, I'm leaving. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what if it would actually work to my best advantage? What can possibly be waiting for me to make my happiness even holier? Mm -hmm. Holier. Yeah. As well, it, it becomes, uh, I think, a sacred process that many people see as uh, work or as, um, you know, failures. And I think it's in those failures and those lower points and um, and those challenges that we go through that kind of build us, you know, the same way that intimacy gets built between two people that have a fight. Afterwards, the building of the conversations changes the dynamics between the two people. Well, it's as important to recognize what part of the process you're in, whether it's, you know, something happens, triggers you, you go into shutdown zone and you kind of question yourself, what's going on? Is it me? Is it them? What's the reality of it? And then you come back to seeing, okay, well, what if it was different? What if it was different? What outcome do I want? What do I need to do to have that outcome? Mm -hmm. And actually come from the heart. Mm -hmm. Make that choice and in, in, in that intention to come from the heart so that what you do responds with the same purity as mm -hmm. you put into it. Mm -hmm. And that makes a big difference on how you perceive and experience the process of growth, if you'd like to say, or healing, or passing your shadows, however you'd mm -hmm. like to you know, call it, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think you have to be in a safe place to be able to move from there because I think that, like you say, the fear of failure and the fear that it's not going to work out all comes from a place that's not safe, mm -hmm. that you don't feel supported and you don't feel held either by your own self, by your close circle or by life. Then as soon as you relax into that a little bit and say, what's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. I'll come back to Montreal. Like mm -hmm. that's the worst that can happen is that it won't work out. I'll run out of money. I won't make friends. I won't have a job. I won't have all the things that give us security. As soon as you, you know, you can break that down and be like, okay, well, what's the worst that can happen? Then, then your choices are like, okay, well, what's, what else can happen? Right? You, you, it's like you, you can eliminate the process of fear based, mm -hmm. uh, um, imagery or fear-based possibilities that, okay, this is the worst that can happen. And then you can then, if possible, release that and be like, okay, well, what else is possible? And honestly, when I moved there, things that I thought might be possible five years down the line happened within a year mm -hmm. because I just eliminated all possibilities of yes. this is my trajectory. I'm so like, this is exactly like, you know, we're, we think we can control our lives in ways and we think that we have an idea in ways. <laughs> Until you shake it up. Until you said you shake the cage, yeah. right? 
And, and then all of a sudden you're like, well, what else can, and then, and then things start to happen where, where it's just because you shook the cage, because you left everything go, there was room, there was yes. room for possibility. Because you, you break those attachments and those patterns of limiting beliefs, all those excuses are, uh, have a limiting belief at the root. Yeah. And those are where people are not comfortable to go and seek and see and delve into. No, you don't have to go through every single one of them. But if something is holding you back, it's super important to actually really look into it and question yourself yeah. and see where you can count yourself accountable towards yourself. And yeah. then all of a sudden you become a better person towards others as well, because we are all mm -hmm. mirrors of each other. Mm -hmm. And, being those mirrors, um, I think it's important that if we see greed in somebody else, then we are dealing with our own greed as well. Mm -hmm. If we see um, anger or sadness or jealousy, if we feel jealous, then there is something that we are lacking within mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. And very often people will not ask those questions to themselves, but it's a lot easier to point fingers, mm -hmm. make excuses, and um, make assumptions and presumptions mm -hmm. towards uh, what other people are doing or thinking or their intentions. And that's why we have so many uh, miscommunications, if you think, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yet, <clears throat> I think there is a possibility of uh, growth beyond if we would just start listening to each other and actually communicating exactly what we need to say. And if we feel, oh, that intuition, that's so good. Mm. Intuition, come up and tell us, hmm, maybe that did not go through right. Let me call them back and, you know, just make sure they understood correctly, then do it. Mm -hmm. Because it will always come back. If your intuition is telling you to call somebody back, yeah. because you might have said something that might have maybe sounded wrong, Mm -hmm. Call them back. Yeah, because what 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 difference does it make to take two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes out of your time versus dwelling on something for maybe days or weeks or months, <clears throat> and then that alters your capacity to feel relaxed and to feel yourself, mm -hmm. and you then you continue to accumulate Creating. doubt. Yeah, you accumulate doubt and like, oh, but did I say that properly? And then if you just check doubt, in, fear anger, mm -hmm. resentment, mm -hmm. sadness. Yeah, whatever and the emotion might be that holds your, you. Towards others, but towards yourself as well, because you didn't set up your boundaries. You didn't express what was needed to uh, have a safe dynamic. I believe it's always towards yourself. Yeah. You know, you said something about like, you know, when you when you're experiencing something that feels that is greedy, it, you're dealing with the greed in yourself. And so if you haven't dealt with the greed in yourself, it's the parts of yourself that are greedy. And then you just see the other person as, okay, they're being greedy. In that moment, you can see that it's greed. You don't see it as that person is greed. It's just, there is yeah. greed in the world. Yes. And there's a moment of greed in that person. So it's easy to let it go and not make it a story about that person. And therefore, once you have a story, then you identify the dynamic that you're feeling to the other person. And then you're woven into this complex scenario 
that then is identified as this thing and rather than just being like, oh, moment of greed or oh, moment of fear or moment and of jealousy. And then taking that moment and pushing it onto every other experience, assuming the same thing is going to happen every time, not creating what you actually want it to happen. Uh-huh. Oh my God. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Let's yeah. talk about creation. Well, that's it. You're, you're constantly so, recycling you're what you know, constantly, you know, it's like, okay. And then, and then what happens is that then you, then you confirm that, that, you know, emotion or that uh, character type or that archetype in that person. Oh, see, there it is again. See, there it is again. And then it's easy to make decisions based on that because you have a whole, case history built on that person or this other person that this is the way they are without actually like you said earlier listening mm -hmm. listening to like have they noticed themselves have mm -hmm. they changed over the last two weeks that i've been there what has been happening with them where does this greed come from you know where does this idea of like oh, i'm lacking you know because i mean we live in a in a culture where it's like, they're not teaching us abundance. They're teaching no. us that we're deprived of things. It's like, we're, we're you know, on we lacune. yeah, exactly. We're, n we're not enough. And it's then once you actually realize that you are enough and then some, the whole world changes around Of course, because then you become generous. You become the things that you want to see in the world. You become that. And it's only when you become that, that you can see more of it. And then you can see that greed is just, okay, it's this person is, is this way or jealousy. Okay. This person is feeling like they might get abandoned. And so they feel jealous because you were looking at some other person or whatever it is. Right. So then you can see that rather than the thing that's pointing the finger, you're this, you're no, you can see where it comes from. And when you see where it comes from, the conversations are way more interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, the depth mm -hmm. of that is like, okay, now let's talk. You know, now let's see what's up, right? Not the, not the surface layer. Like the surface layer is just a reaction. And so it becomes way more interesting to be in dialogue with that because as we are saying before, like, you know, this is this process of like spiraling in and discovering who you are. And so when we can all discover what our, what our triggers are and, and, you know, and like what the lineage of, 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 you know, baggage that comes from generations before you, oh, yes. you know, once you can like break oh, that yes. down, we all become free. Absolutely. We all become free. Absolutely. You know, it's work for a whole, the entire humanity. And when we heal, we heal everybody yeah. around us. And parts of us get healed from other people's pain yeah. as well. So, oh yeah. 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 Absolutely. When you're around people who have dealt with stuff, it gives you permission to then be in a space that's like uh, just just more accepting and held, right? Like you don't feel attacked, right? You, you don't feel that dynamic of like you did something wrong and that person will project onto you. And then, so what do you do in defense while you yeah. then defend yourself? Because no, I'm not going to, I'm going to project onto you. And then it just becomes like a competition versus a collaboration. And it's like, how do we learn to collaborate yes, with one another? Absolutely. Is that's the magic. And yet I see a lot of things online where it's, um, well, not that I see much online. I haven't been online for a while, but um, I see a lot of people with a lot of uh, marketing 
Mm. And this is the best, and this is the best. Mm. Selling, and selling not only stuff and services, but products. Mm. That's dangerous. I was just watching something funny say that. Last night, we were looking for something to watch, my partner and I. And then we found this thing called Unwell. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? Mm. Anyways, it's it's a few. It's a it's, it's a series. So there's episodes on different different um, aspects of the wellness industry that have a double, you know, two faced side to it. You know, and one of them is this multi level marketing scam in a way mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. essential oils. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it takes away from the the uh, holistic and like um, therapeutic and natural process of using essential oils and turns it into like a, an addiction, yeah. a dependence, because you have to then use these oils and you have to feed your uh, quota of oils per month to keep up with the chain of things. So it, it goes from, okay, this is like this really important uh, aspect of holistic medicine and an alternative to pharmaceuticals and, and, you know, people who are using both so that they have a better effect and they don't have to mm-hmm. use as much and they can use, use less opiates. Like there's all this really good research yeah. right now where there's actually nurses that are like in hospitals and helping people to get well so they're using it therapeutically and then there's the flip side of that where people just like just use it and claim that it's going to cure all kinds of stuff and and, you know so it's like this like there's this division between it which things are always divided there's always you know two sides to the coin or a spectrum to the to the subject but what's interesting is like you said is that it becomes a networking of marketing and it takes to me as soon as i feel that and i get that you want people to heal but as soon as i you feel forced into yeah. have to buying something or it immediately removes any interest, any interest. oh completely any interest completely i'm like no nope, i'm a big no i'm no, just like I totally agree. It, it it like it doesn't resonate with my soul the way that when someone talks about something in a in a very giving way or in a very generous way and you can try something and you can, you know, you could participate at your own speed. Then, then it's like, okay, okay. You see me. But then when it's like, here's what you have to do and here's the protocol they have to take. Then it's like, you don't see me. You just see what you want out of me. And, and that hurts, you know, it doesn't feel good doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you're, you're heart to heart with me right now. You're mm-hmm. like, just like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah. And it's a sad and reality of the healing world because it's like a trillion dollar business. And, and the sad the reality of also um, interpersonal relationships. Yeah. There's a lot of interactive, uh, interactive, transactional relationships, friendships, uh, connections also that are happening, which is cha-ching, cha-ching mm-hmm. uh, from one side to the other. Mm-hmm. So... But it's interesting that you talk about that holistic um, world because uh, we haven't even talked about this yet. We just kind of went into conversation and I love that. But I'd like to come back to your healing. Mm. Um, You went to Vancouver Mm -hmm. and you did some yoga. So Mm -hmm. 
you've you're a yoga teacher and now you've studied acupuncture mm -hmm. and now you're an acupuncturist which you're a fantastic i've come and tried your services and must must admit um if you're looking for a good acupuncturist call is the guy um but when did you start really going into these holistic approaches for your healing and what are the approaches that you used that really helped you in your process i'd like to give the yeah. listeners a little bit of it's, you know yeah yeah i hear i hear where you're going uh it's funny because you know i can i can go back maybe like 10 20 years but then i could also go back like 37 years you know when i was five and when I was five, all I wanted to do was dance and I would oh, put yeah. on shows. Like I had this like inner performer in me that was there and it, because it helped me express a part of myself that didn't necessarily come out in words. So subconsciously, I feel like that was the beginning, mm -hmm. you know? And when I was five is when I started school and school was very traumatizing for me. It was very traumatizing. I like, I lost my voice. And as a kid, my mom would tell me that I was so expressive and I would ask her questions and, you know, she'd come pick me up from daycare and I would have conversations with her on the bus about how were the kids at school. She was a school teacher. How did they behave today? What did they learn? And all this stuff as a four-year-old. And then I went into school and then it's like, it's like I regressed in a way because it's so disciplined. So I feel like that was like my first or one of my traumas in life. Mm -hmm. And so dance was like that way to... I'm going to express myself and it was innate and it was a way for me to move and be free. So it starts that early really. And then that just kind of, you know, slowed down because the more you go into school, the more you're brainwashed. I mean, it's a strong term, but the more you're conditioned to conditioned. be a certain way to, this is what you do. And then you have to, you know, go in there and then you have to be at this time. And then this is when your exam is and you have to do well and da, 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 so you can move forward. And then after high school, what are you going to do and for so college? And so where do we go from there? Because then it becomes, um, the requests and the beliefs and the desires of the happiness of others yeah. projected onto us. And we think yeah. this is our reality and that's what we have to go through to be a good human citizen yeah. of this world. But yet I feel like there's a lot of people that don't have the same path. We don't all have that same path. So no. where do we go from there? All these people that are depressed that feel disconnected from themselves because they've been showing these masks of, of their realities. Yeah. Yeah, that's, it gets heavy. That they want to project yeah, because they see something projected back to them. Mm. And then they they end up focusing on all these <sighs> dehumanizing, you know. Categorizing. Ca yes, yeah. categorizing. And yeah. then you end up becoming, you know, oh, well, this has to be important and this has to be important. And. And then you, you can't catch up and then you're, you feel like a failure because you can't, you know, catch up with all of it at the same time. Mm. You know, it's kind mm. of. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you start? Where is do your, you start? Yeah. That's your question. I get it. Uh, you know, my first time where I was like, I'm going to follow this impulse and this instinct, I was 19 years old. I just 
quit college because I was like, I'm wasting my time here. I went from like mechanical engineering because I was good in math and science in high school. And again, that's this conditioning of like, okay, what are you good at? Okay, now you're going to choose a, a, a career based on what categories or what subjects in school you're good at. Like, it's completely ridiculous. You know, yeah, you have some guidance, but it's, it's very uh, surface. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I went there. Then luckily in my life, I met people who had, had positive influences on me. And I followed that rhythm. I was like, oh, what's that? And then I went to creative arts. And then creative arts, I met someone who's like, oh, there's this program, humanistic education. And then I was able to do that. And so I was able to follow a bit of a flow of curiosity. And I'm like, oh, and a bit of fear behind the curiosity, but still bringing myself to a bit of discomfort. Because it's either going to be discomfort in your growing pains or discomfort in your depression. So choose your discomfort, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's going to be there. And so I chose a discomfort where I, I could feel like I was like, I can feel alive yes. rather than feel dead. And so I felt alive and making these choices and then met people that allowed my thought process to expand. And then at 19, I did my first solo trip where I was like, I was broke. I was a student. I, I was walking through the Metro and there was like, they were giving credit cards out. They were like, you know, they were like promoting credit cards. So I got myself a credit card. I maxed out my credit card with like a cash withdrawal. And I bought myself a bus ticket to Miami Beach, Florida. I went to South Beach and I lasted three months. I found jobs. I found places to live for free, met people who come stay at my house. And I just explored that. And, you know, it was an experience that like was challenging and then wasn't necessarily healthy. There's a lot of toxic behaviors there, but it didn't matter because when I came back, and then I was working as a lifeguard at that point, I had the first instinct of like, what do I want to do next? It freed me from like, oh, I was like, anything was possible. I opened up the yellow pages. So back then it was like that fat <laughs> yellow page book. And I'm going through the yellow pages and I see massage therapy. Institut Kine Concept. No way. Yeah. I'm like, oh. And I just knew that's it. Alignment. So I called and I went to an info session and in 1999, I registered for my first massage therapy course. And then that was the beginning in 1999 of my process of, you know, becoming uh, in the holistic therapeutic realm of, of work. Yeah. And then I did that. And then, and then so through massage therapy, I was also, you know, working in a bar, working in a clothing store to make money. And then at the end of my massage course, in the third year of, of my training, I was doing my second level of shiatsu. And the last like week, the two weeks, three weeks preparation of becoming a therapist and going into the therapeutic world, all I kept hearing was dance, dance. And I was like, who's, who's talking? Who's I could, talking I could just hear it. Like I'm like massaging, like doing my final practicums and I, I could all hear is dance. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll dance. And then, so I finished, I graduated from massage and I applied to university in dance. And I did my majors in, in contemporary dance. And that was another process of me just following this thing that I'm like, I'm, and it was freeing. Like it was, I have no idea. Yeah. That's really cool. Ah. Very nice. And it, and then it, so I did that for a few years. And then I met Anna, who was a dear friend of mine and a yoga instructor. And she, at the end of our dance degree, she had, she took a training and she started teaching at uh, Moksha yoga at the time. And, uh, and she's like, come try this class. I'm practicing teaching. Come try. And I tried. I was like, oh, I like this hot yoga stuff. Mm-hmm. And then anyways, I was 
practicing and dancing and dancing for smaller companies. And I was still doing aqua fitness at the time because I've been in aqua fitness for a long time. And, uh, and so then we go to a show in Toronto and I meet Anna's mom. And Anna's mom is like this magical being who like, you know, has an instinct and an intuition of just, it's refined. Yeah, she's practiced it and she believes it. And so she tells me, you're going to do yoga teacher training. I'm like, no, I'm not. You know, I was like, I'm this, I'm that, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, it just kind of, she planted the seed. And anyways, eight, eight months later, I'm in a training in India where I took a year <laughs> off my life to go train with Moksha that they were doing their training in India. And then I just extended my trip and I went to South Africa and I went to teach aqua fitness there. And I, I volunteered in India and I did a few things along the way. And then I came back and then my yoga career started. So it's, it, it was just kind of fluent in the way one thing led to the next. And I never really questioned it. I think I just trusted the process which then allowed me to have all these the opportunities of your curiosity of my curiosity. Yeah. That was led from your heart. Yes. Uh -huh. And, 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 uh -huh. it, and it frees you because it's like, there's, it's boundless, right? Your heart is boundless. It's just forever vibrating and expanding. And, you know, it just goes mm -hmm. on forever to the end of the universe and then beyond. And like, in my belief system, it is. And so when you can follow that and you trust in that, then you build, it's a muscle. It's a muscle that you built. And you're like, okay, well, that worked well. And then, you know, then this whole Vancouver thing happened a year after I was teaching. I'd just been teaching for a year. And my boyfriend's like, hey, do you want to go to Vancouver? He's like, but I'm starting my career and I'm doing well and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I got to break all this stuff that, that I built. And then poof, I did. And then being in Vancouver allowed me to be a studio owner within a year of being there. It allowed me to meet some amazing therapists. One of them in particular, which is one of my favorites because I'm very kinesthetic, is uh, it's called the Rubenfeld Synergy Method. Mm. It's a mix of Alexander Technique and then I think it's Carl Jung Psychology or some form of psychology blended together. So you do therapy, but then you also go onto the table, the massage table, and then they work with your body while they direct specific questions to unlock trauma stuck in the body based on memory what? that you've had in the past. So then that, that happened and I was able to re pattern my nervous system because I had a lot of anxiety. So I was like learning to repattern it to be like, okay, well, why am I in a state of anxiety based on what, based on things that happened when I was three, it's no longer relevant. So you learn how to talk to your inner child in those sessions to be like, you're safe. And I think that feeling of safety is where it all starts. Is so important where to make, yeah, to make choices and trust yourself that right. I'm safe. So if somebody is looking for healing, right? We have. Um, we're gonna stop this recording and start it again, oh. just because I want your shit, and then you're like, okay, all right, now we're living. <laughs> you allow yourself to lose your shit. You have to lose your shit. Oh, you have to. You have to. I think so. That's where you surrender. You surrender to everything that you've been trying to control. Yes. And you surrender to all your negative thoughts and you surrender to all the possibilities mm -hmm. and you let go of those attachments mm -hmm. so that you can break down so you can rebuild. Yeah. Because you cannot build on something that you've um, conditioned yourself to believe like those limiting beliefs of you have to get yeah. married and have two children yeah. and one dog and the white picket fence. 
it works for some, it doesn't mm -hmm. work for everyone. And yeah. to give yourself the permission to perhaps dabble into the possibilities of what your heart wants. Yeah. You know, it's very hard to um, live life without uh, a hope of something more. Yeah. Not that we need more stuff or more titles or but we need more heart. We need more soul mm. conversations. We need deeper communication. We need more vulnerability and empathy. You know, this is what we need more mm. of. Yeah. And it feels like this pandemic has really struck a chord on many, many levels on so many people in so many different realms, mm. if you want to even go there, mm. um, that a lot of people are, you know, that had to go in to come back out. Mm. And some people choose to work on their bodies and some people choose to not do anything. Mm. And some people just went down and yeah. a lot of people had a lot of heartache. Mm. Um, and I think it's important to have these conversations because perhaps maybe something in these conversations can help someone somewhere out there mm. just gain a little bit of hope that, you know, it, when you are down in the gutters, there's a reason, but you have to find that reason within yourself, for yourself, to build something better, to see something bigger. Because unless you actually see that and try to feel it mm. and bring it back on and on and believe it, you start believing it, you start manifesting it. So some people won't believe in manifesting, but you know, me finding a parking in front of a door, mm. you know, six times in a row mm -hmm. and very busy, you know, you could get good at this. Yeah. And you could follow that intuition and you could follow that calling and you mm -hmm. could, you know, start your healing process wherever you are at, whatever age you are. And, you know, it doesn't matter who you're learning from. We're all learning from each other. Yeah. And I think that it's important that we bring these. Um, so thank you. Thank you for sharing. Would you have any last comments or advice or uh, words of wisdom? Maybe not advice, just your, you know. Well, it, what bubbled up from what you just said is, and to me it's wisdom because it's a process that I'm constantly going through. And it's part of an education system that we've been taught from, you know, conditioning through religious beliefs and systems that are in place that, like you said, force marriage and force kids, right? So we're, we're riffing off of this old belief system that is still current in modern times. Although modern times are changing, we're still using old systems. So there's this um, disconnect between the two. And then a lot of us are waking up to being like, wait a minute, mm -hmm. what is this old system that doesn't work for and me? Not only cultural, but financial as well. This old system is of working, totally. and overworking yeah. and not having that balance between life yeah. and work and play, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is all, which are all important aspects of self-care yeah. um, and self-care for the greater good, because mm -hmm. if we're not well, nobody else is going to be well, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And not only economically and culturally and religiously and, you know, but 
in the dynamics of who we are within those personal relationships, within those family dynamics. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it trickles down. It trickles down. Absolutely. For sure. So that it's clear for. Yeah. Yeah, it's, not, it's not just one thing, exactly. and of course, yeah, I, that's a good point. It's never just one thing. It's just some systems have a stronger pull on us. And, and, and my point is actually wasn't about just that, but it was about how guilt and shame mm. can keep us from accessing parts of ourself that can be free because then we do something and then we feel guilty. We do something, we feel shame. And those two emotions or those two beliefs are very limiting. And, you know, even like when you said, like, how do you get out of depression? Well, first of all, you allow yourself to feel depressed without guilt, without shame. It is what it is. And you learn how to be like, okay, I'm depressed right now. What do I need? I need more sleep. Take more sleep. Take, you know, take what you need in that moment so that you can cross over the barrier that's keeping you there if you're guilty and you feel like oh i need to go back to work or i need to take care of my kids or i need to do all these things it's pressure that's just going to drain you even more because you're not honoring where you're at and i think that honoring where you're at and dealing with what is and learning how to build from there Mm -hmm. honestly is what's going to give you what you have and being grateful for what you don't have mm-hmm. or grateful for what you for have what you and have accepting and what you don't have. have. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also from that place, asking for permission, asking for help, asking for like, Hey, like, cause the thing is when we have shame and guilt, we don't want to talk about it. We want to keep it to ourselves. And I think this whole point yeah. of this conversation is let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's be like, hey, I'm not. I'm really not feeling right now. Like, I don't never want to get out of bed in the morning. I don't want to cook dinner. I don't want to go to work. I don't yeah. want to take care of you. I don't have the energy to do any of that. I need help. I need help to like, and if you can get help, if your environment is conducive to that, like, how are you able to? Even if it's just a little bit. A little bit can go a long way. That expression really means a lot sometimes, especially when you're in the depths of something that's very heavy. heavy. And so just a little bit of levity and just a little bit of levity so that eventually you take your steps towards levity and then things will start to feel and look and taste different. Mm -hmm. And you'll make choices based on that because again, you're honoring the process of where you are in the moment. And I think that is something that we can definitely consider the take time. Because time is, you know, it's it's a construct of like, okay, well, we have 24 hours in a day and you got to work from this time to this time and all this stuff. And it, it, it deorientates or disorientates <laughs> our, our inner compass sometimes. Well, because it takes us out of our presence. Yeah. Right? It takes us out of presence of exactly where we are and who yeah. we are yeah. this moment in time that is not going to be repeated. Yeah. You know, and... What can I notice of this moment? Mm. Um, as much as off, as much as we can, so that we follow that rhythm, that flow, that timing that we were talking about before we started this, mm-hmm. um, to allow, you know, things to fall into place as they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. uh, so yeah. 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 Navigating between the two, like responsibility of like having to be somewhere on time because that's the rational Mm -hmm. world that we live in. We have appointments, we have meeting points and all this stuff. 
which is one way. And then also the other way of not having appointments. So learning to navigate between the two. And then when you're in either reality, let's call it, you know, you have a specific energy and you have things to do. And then when you're in the opposite reality is to also learn how to just be and do nothing. And to notice that we have a hard time doing that because our nervous system is so wired that what are the practices that we do to unplug ourselves from that currency, from that frequency? You know, what are things where you could balance your frequency? And I think when we start balancing our frequencies a little bit more, so we're not always on high frequency, that then we can start to pay attention to different things. Mm -hmm. Different things show up, like parking spots, maybe, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, or whatever, right? So they show up, you notice things differently. And I think that's, that's something that, lowering your you know or shifting the that high energy frequency frequency. what are some of some of the things that i would think yes would be grounding feet in the earth bare feet in nature yes bare feet yeah Yeah. breath work breath work slow easy breath work where you're just noticing your breath without having to force yourself to do any kind of counting just to notice and breathe slowly naturally deep that's, that's where you start. Mm-hmm. And then the breath work and continuation can go. But start where you're just, you know, taking a moment to, to just notice that for a few minutes a day, multiple times a day. Sunlight. Oh, my God. And the morning is the best. It'll regulate your circadian rhythm. And, you know, it'll give you, I mean, especially in northern climates where it's like we don't have a lot right now. We're moving into fall. Or we are in fall moving into winter is to get as much as that as possible. Exposure on your hands, your arms, if you can, if it's not too cold outside, or like dealing with the cold for a little bit. Vitamin D3 is also helping with regulating that vitamin in our body. Yeah, exactly. In our body, especially again in northern climates. And then some people feel depressed, and it could be just a little simple shift of taking a a vitamin D3 to compensate from the seasonal depression. And it's also uh, the first light of day uh, is uh, beneficial to mm-hmm. the way that your iris um, changes the way your brain functions. Mm-hmm. Brain in chemistry. Terms of, yeah. uh, energy throughout your day yeah. uh, and alertness. So. Yeah, and you can gaze at the sun at that time too. It's mm-hmm. not so strong. Exactly. Yeah. Um, movement. Yeah, any kind of movement, even if it's just a walk, conscious walking, you know. If you can, up to 30 minutes a day so that you have the vitality, you're moving. You know, in Chinese medicine, we talk about qi, about energy. And when it's stagnant, when it's not moving, well, it creates specific symptoms. So when you move qi, then it circulates in ways where it allows a better functioning of your vital system, of your organs. Yeah. And um, moving also like water, right? Mm-hmm. If we've got a flowing river versus mm-hmm. a stagnant pond, mm-hmm. uh, it's very different. And the biochemistry of your body is very different. So if it's not uh, clearing mm-hmm. the toxins, the mm-hmm. metabolic waste and mm-hmm. whatnot, then where are those toxins getting caught up? Yeah. And is the food that you're eating really... Um, feeding you mm. or if it's just going through your system mm. <laughs> so if your gut flora is not well if your digestive system is not well if you've got lower back pains if you've mm. you know there are so many different things that are connected to it so yeah 
I think I could go on and on mm -hmm. and on, on another podcast. We could have a different, that. yeah, we got <laughs> a different, yeah. Those are four really good ones. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, acupuncture, massage, osteo, yeah. and so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, can really help as well. I think Thank so. you so much. You're um, welcome, Sarah. Thank you. I will, uh, where, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me at wellness with Carl on Instagram. And then from there, it's easy to connect. Wellness with two L's and S. Two S's, two S's. yeah. W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S -S -S underscore with underscore Carl with a K. Wonderful. Thank yeah. you so much. It was mm, a pleasure. A pleasure.